I grew up cradle Catholic, born and raised, uh, and and uh, my parents, I think, were um, strong practitioners of the faith. But for many, many years when I was young, they themselves were still kind of figuring out what it meant to them. And as I aged, you know, into into high school, especially, and we we made some drastic changes, uh, switching from going to like parochial schools and public schools to homeschooling and doing some things that, that were very intentional on my parents' part. Over time, I think that they established a more clear picture of what a faith was like you know but growing up like my earliest memory I had a hard time thinking of it and so I just tried to think you know really way back to when first of all not just when did I know God loved me but just like when did I think about God you know apart from just going to Sunday mass you know and my I, I, I was trying to think a period of time that I remember when I was really young um, like maybe five going on six years old and my mom, um, if I remember correctly, my mom sang in the choir at her church, and um, and I might be embellishing, but but what I, the way I remember it was, it was around either Christmas or Easter, so it would have been ahead of you know one of the the great feasts. And my mom was singing in the choir, and and I had to come with her for some for I, I assume because my dad was working or for another reason, and. At the end of their choir practice, it was, uh, I remember it being winter because it was dark outside, but it wasn't that late. And the church grew dark. And as they were wrapping up uh, the work they were doing, the choir director or whoever, you know, uh, went and shut the lights up, you know. And so as we were getting ready to leave the church, it was all kind of consumed in darkness except for the candles around the different statuary and, and then, of course, the candle by the tabernacle. And I had been... Uh, and perhaps to the credit of the priest and more likely the choir director who was technically in charge that night, I had been kind of allowed to, to run around, you know, because I think it was uh, was not planned initially that I was going to be attending this choir practice, right? It was just something that happened because my dad was working. And so so it was, it was kind of a combination of, first of all, the awe that I felt as a very young kid suddenly being kind of consumed by darkness and seeing the light by the tabernacle. But but not just the awe of like the presence or the kind of like cool, like power of God in that moment, but more specifically that with that feeling of awe in the, the sudden darkness in the presence that I was allowed to run to him. So I ran down, I have this distinct memory of running down or maybe around kind of the pews down the aisle to the tabernacle. And that moment of being allowed to kind of be free and like run in church <laughs> and still like be able to like uh, be present in the, the power of God the way that I could as a child. To me, I felt a, a moment of what you might call just joy or, or love. And I think that's the earliest memory that I have is being able to connect just the joyfulness of childhood with, a, with like a clear moment of God's presence kind of hitting me as soon as the lights in the church got shut off, you know? So it was a combination of childlike joy and being like allowed to just be a kid in a church kind of running and doing what kids do. And then, and then connecting that to the sudden visual of seeing the tabernacle really pop in the darkness. So that's, that was my, my earliest that I really remember. And so it was not maybe a conscious, wow, God looking out for me and loves me, but really, I am a child. I am enjoying being here in church. And now I suddenly realize that Christ is here and has been here this whole time. 
for me, the way that for the forgetting manifested itself was was maybe in one of the more uh, potentially per- pernicious ways, which is that I always, uh, you know, for better or for worse, you know, that kind of cradle Catholicism, I would never, I would say that I was very lucky in my formation over my life to to not kind of go into the big pitfalls that you hear about with cradle Catholics, where there's just a complete rejection. But mine was almost a little bit more, you know, be, be you neither hot nor cold, you know, <laughs> lukewarm and I'll spin you out. I definitely hit my stride on the lukewarm Catholicism around you know, late high school, of course, when you're naturally testing things. And then in the early college years, I was lucky to go to a Catholic college. I knew that I would, that that was going to be in my future, going to a Catholic school. That was pretty much the, 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 the given. And I knew that was going to happen. Um, but, but I attended a school where Catholic values were always present and being reflected by many really influential people, but were forced upon you. And that was the Catholic culture at UD, uh, University of Dallas, where I went. And that's something that I really appreciate now. But in the early days, coming out of being, you know, a pretty ambivalent teenager when it came to my faith, even though I always was an altar server, I even worked for the church for a time, you know, uh, coming out of that and then coming into college where nobody was forcing me to practice my faith in a really concrete or distinctive way. um, That is the background to what I would say is the time that I really forgot God loved me was was less about a uh, as though I didn't didn't believe it necessarily, but just that I didn't I didn't carry it with me. I wouldn't I would also not actively um like live it or recognize it or behave in a way that I knew that God loved me. And really, what I mean by that is actually if you were to to push me, and especially if you were like a parish priest or somebody who I knew that faith really mattered to you and you were asking me if I felt like God loved me, I would say yes every time. Like I never disputed that if there was God and if I believed in him, that he would be a God that loved me. But that's where it ended, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, God loves me. We all know that. Now I'm going to move on and live my life in a way that does neither really affirms nor nor rejects, but but certainly does not affirm or um, uh, display an active you know joy or or focus or direction of a person who is behaving like he is living an intentional life where God loves him. It was never like an abject, you know, rejection of God or like, a, oh, I'm intentionally going to rebel. I'm intentionally going to push away. And it, and it was also not like, a, oh, do I really doubt God loves me? But it was, it was just this kind of lukewarm period in my life. My wife and I had our daughter before we got married. And so we were at this Catholic school. We found out that we were pregnant. We were, you know, we had intended to get married when school was done, you know, but obviously we said, oh, we should probably accelerate our timeline. And luckily we had been having the conversation about marriage and, and our families, you know, were um, not not uh, upset or, or whatever because we had grown pretty serious, but we were still only sophomores in college at the time. And so that that process. And so maybe there you go. So I just talked about how it didn't really affect me being lukewarm in my, my faith, but it could be that part of the, you know, seeking love. Uh, and of course I love my wife now and I, and I did then, uh, but she, regardless of how much I love her and show my love for her, she's not, ought not be the highest love in my life, nor should I be her, right? Uh, the, it should be Christ first and foremost. And so at that time, my lukewarm 
mindset about God's love for me was supplanted, I think, to an extent by my earthly love for my wife, you know? And so there could have been a real tragedy that occurred there in our relationship, in, in whatever circumstances could have developed, receiving, you know, our daughter before we were married and, and all of that. But what shook me out of it was the recognition that we were able to stay strong together. We were able to, um, we were able to kind of bond as a family unit and we were able to rely on and kind of leverage the support system of the Catholic community that my wife had come from in Philadelphia, where we've returned to now to, you know, come together and support us in a really visible, meaningful way at our wedding a few months later, even though, of course, everybody knew <laughs> the circumstances and, and could have certainly um, not propelled us or, or not pushed us in the right direction and could have just said, well, this is a mistake that you have to live with now, figure it out. But instead, everyone really getting on board with us in, in this Catholic world here in Philadelphia and supporting us and encouraging us and ensuring that we had a successful start uh, to our married life uh, as, a, as a family. So... So that uh, is kind of, so getting shook, I would be shaking out of it came just from discovering that my wife and I were expecting. And then it was immediately followed by this, this, I mean, looking back on it now, realizing this overwhelming flood of grace and support for those who said, look, we understand that this is certainly not what we would have planned for you or you would have planned for you. But now that you're here, what's the, how can we make sure that you're going the way that, that is best for you and for your family and for, of course, God's plan. I switched uh, a couple different things. So, so switched to made a big career change, um, bought a house and and moved my family there, and uh, we welcomed our third daughter into the world all about two years ago. And all of those changes happened succession. And um, initially, the the house part of it was fine and. The daughter, of course, was wonderful, and the thing that did not come together initially was uh, the professional situation. It turned out to be just a working environment that was really challenging. I was always trying to balance unsuccessfully uh, my family life and my work life, and the demands of that were just not well aligned to neither to what I wanted professionally, as I discovered, but then also very specifically uh, to me being able to support my family both emotionally and then as things got really bad in that business, uh, even financially. And so we went through a really difficult period for the last two, uh, for about two years. And so this, this past year has been fine, but for the, for about two years while trying to, you know, deal with a newborn, deal with a new house and all the problems that come with that and be, uh, dealing with this financial and professional struggle, um, we we really were challenged as a family, and what has happened though I realize is that there were there were relationships that I was making with uh, fellow Catholics, people in the church community, and friends of ours, which eventually were uh, were able to to be channeled into or or turn into a new opportunity for me to make a, a career move that was into something that was much more stable and a much better overall situation for the family. But at the time, I was so heads down, you know, bogged down trying to just get through my daily life that I 
if, if you had asked me what my plan was or what direction I was going, I wouldn't have been able to tell you, right? Because it was just always just focusing on getting the tasks done at hand and not being able to think of really anything or anyone outside of myself. So what I know is that God was with me every step of the way there in that really difficult time because there was, frankly, I, I was not in the right place mentally, spiritually, physically to just get myself out of that situation. You know, it, it took a network of people supporting me, but also God guiding me in, you know, through his plan, you know, whatever that looks like and, and helping to guide my steps so that I was, I was able to kind of extricate myself from that difficult situation. And when I look back on really some of the, the missteps that I made, even trying to get out of that challenging situation into something new and some of the opportunities that I let pass early on because I was just so focused on what I was doing. It's really, I, I think, man, almost in spite of myself sometimes was I able to move to this like new period of stability and, and uh, support for my family. And yet somehow, somehow it all came together after two years of really, really difficult struggle. And so I felt, so that was over the last two years. And then after making this change, it's, it's been a period where I've had the ability to actually have time to reflect on things, get my head out of the sand and out of daily tasks and think back. And, and, and now uh, how you could have never predicted that there's something like a global pandemic would <laughs> hit or, or something like that. And so to have been able to through the help of others and through kind of trust that God was going to, to lead me where it needed to go. Uh, I was, I've been able to, in a period of unprecedented instability for many people to be spared that and be able to uh, have a, a career and a job and a family life that has been stable throughout this really strange time. And so as I look back uh, through the lens now of the pandemic, and then also to how just, kind of out of focus I was just a couple years ago, I know that, that God was guiding steps then and, and I continue to pray and thank him, you know, now. It's easy to do two things, right? It's easy to thank God and bless him when there are blessings falling upon you, right? <laughs> and it's also easy to kind of impart, maybe not false meaning, because I think there's meaning in everything that we encounter and do in life, but maybe impart a certain level of undue meaning into what God is quote unquote doing for you, like a puppet master when things are going well. Oh, God did this for me. Thank you, God. Right. So, so, so taking that kind of sense check of the reality that yes, God's been guiding my steps because there's just no way that I could have gotten here myself based on where I had been. Right. So I know that God's been guiding my steps, but he also hasn't been like a puppet master manipulating the strings. Right. What, what I've realized is that by trusting him and kind of getting to that point in my life a couple years ago where I was just stretched so thin that I said, some God just has to take care of this because I cannot do this myself anymore. <laughs> getting pushed to that, getting pushed to that point of, uh, to make it a little extreme, but that push to that point of like feeling like desperation, right. Coming through that and recognizing now that um, God was with me through that tough time and that it was able to, to be better and to get better and that I can see now with hindsight and especially through something really challenging like this to see that uh, you can make it through if you just try to put your trust in God in the best way that you can. I feel a responsibility in whatever way I can to 
reach out to people who are suffering maybe particularly through this crisis or who might suffer through any of the subsequent crises that we see after this COVID time to let them know, you know, two years ago, my COVID-19, my disruption uh, was something that you're probably experiencing now. And, and I can see now my period two years ago has allowed me to to see the, the forest for the trees or see the silver lining or come to a new period of stability because I was pushed to the brink, I felt, and I, I had nothing else I could do but put my trust in God. And so for those who now are going to be struggling and who I feel for because I know they're, I'm really lucky, I'm really blessed because I'm not experiencing the level of struggle other people are, I feel called to or, or it's impressed upon me to be a presence for people, at least emotionally and spiritually, and, and if there are charities or other opportunities as well to give to, to let people know that if they're going now through a period of challenge, upheaval, and desperation that I felt two years ago, that I can say with confidence and be kind of a living proof that Christ is not abandoning you and that it, it will be better. It might not, it might not be a simple two-year turnaround for some folks, but that when you when you look backward with the hindsight or with the or maybe let's just say with the wisdom that I can now on my time that you also will see uh, a market improvement when you put your trust in God.